the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus had a larger army than Caesar Augustus. Jesus had 10,000 legions of angels. He didn't call a single one of them. Why? Because he knew that in order for his kingdom to spread, it was going to have to be through peace. And so he goes and he becomes the peace offering for our sins. He, he did not cry out. He, he willingly went to the cross and he died. And there he shed his blood for one reason and one reason only. So that you could be here today and have peace in your heart with God. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. Good morning, good morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We've been preaching through the Beatitudes, and we come to number 7 of the 8. So we're almost through this series. Today is Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. At this juncture, the Beatitudes take on a seismic shift. We go from the Beatitudes to a do attitude. And I want to explain that to you. The first six that we've looked at all have to do with who you are. It has to do with what God expects you to be. It's all inside stuff. Being poor in spirit, mourning over your sin, being meek and hungering and thirsting for the things of God, being merciful and pure of heart. But when you come to number seven, it changes. Number seven Blessed are the peacemakers is something God wants you to do. It's a seismic shift. In order for you to understand this, you have to understand the historical background. If you don't understand the historical background, you will never understand this beatitude. Unless you understand that Rome was in charge of the world at the time, Caesar Augustus is the emperor, and he is known, and he is called, and it's on every coin that he's the son of the gods. That's the only Son of God that Jesus' audience would have known. They would have never known or understood that Jesus himself was the Son of God. They only knew that Caesar Augustus was the Son of God. And so on that day, in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is speaking to that audience, they're thinking there's a chance 
that this rabbi, he could be, they didn't know, they thought there's a chance, he could be the Messiah. And they were thinking that if he is the Messiah, that there together he's going to come with a mighty army, and they're going to go up against the Romans, and that they will defeat the Romans, and they will kick the Romans out of Israel, and that they themselves will be the conquerors. That's what they're thinking. And so they're listening to Jesus, and he starts talking about this new kingdom. And they're thinking, this could be it. This could be the guy. And he starts talking about all this inside stuff, like you got to be poor in spirit, and you got to be meek, and you got to be pure of heart. And then he says, would you like to be a son of God? Would you like to be a conqueror? And they're going, yes, yes, that's what we want. And Jesus says, all right, there's one thing you have to do to become a son of God, a conqueror. What's that? And Jesus said, you got to be a peacemaker. They had to be thinking, what in the world is he talking about? We have to have an army. We have to go to war. That's what they're thinking. And Jesus is saying, no, there's not going to be an army. There's not going to be a war. We're not going to have a battle. Oh, we're going to have a kingdom, and we will rule the world. But it's not going to happen through force. It's going to happen through becoming a peacemaker. I don't think they had any clue to what he was talking about, and I don't think they would ever figure this out until after the cross, which would be three years later. All right? There's no way they understood what this meant. I want to explain to you three things. Number one, write this down. Number one, a peacemaker is someone who has made peace with their God. You can never be a peacemaker in the world until, first of all, you have peace with God. You understand that, right? You have to have first peace with God before you think about anything else. And the only people that have peace with God are people who know Jesus Christ. Because the Bible teaches that the only way that anyone can ever have peace with God is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans 15, 2 Corinthians 13, and Philippians chapter 4 tells us that God is a God of peace. He's a God of peace. When he created the earth, he put two people in it, a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. And at that time, it was what he created. It was perfect, perfect paradise. There were no wars. There was no hatred. There was no fighting. It was perfect in every sense. And you know the story. He put one tree in the middle of the garden, had a fruit on, piece of fruit on there, and he told Adam and Eve, stay away from that one fruit. And at that time, Adam and Eve had to decide, are we going to obey God or are we going to do what we want to do? And they chose to disobey God, and so they ate of that fruit. And at that moment, I want you to write this down, sin entered the world, and sin ruined everything. The first two children uh, were Cain and Abel. And what happens with those two children? Cain kills Abel. So now we have murder. And it's not, we, it's not what God intended. But from that day until this day, man has been at war with one another and man has been at war with God. And where does all this fighting come from? Write this down. The Bible says in James it comes from within. It comes from within. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Mark. You're in Matthew. Go over to Mark chapter 7, verse 20. Jesus said these words. It's what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. Verse 21. 
For from within, out of man's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Verse 22, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness. Man, he covers everything. Envy, slander. These are the words of Jesus. Arrogance and folly. And then he says there in verse 23, all of these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. So all the wars and all the battles and all the fighting and all the tension and all the struggle and all the deceit and all the things that we fight over, it comes from within. And only through Jesus Christ can we have peace on the inside. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, I'll put these words on the screen. For he himself, Jesus, is our peace. I'm going to make this clear. Sin separates us from God. All right? Now, when you and I sin against each other, you lie, I lie, you cheat, I cheat, I lust, you lust, we argue, uh, we curse, I fight you fight. Whenever we're sinning against one another, we're sinning against God. Not only is there a separation between you and me when we fight, I'm fighting man, but I'm really being separated from God because sin separates us from God. I want you to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. It reads, For God was pleased to have all of His, God, all of His fullness dwell in him who's him that's jesus so how do i know that's jesus because you got to keep reading and through him jesus to reconcile to himself god all things all things will be reconciled through jesus whether things on earth that would be you or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the what he, said, he is saying that through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on that cross that you and I are reconciled to God. Verse 21. Once you were alienated. You were separated from God. You were enemies of God in your own minds because of your evil behavior. It says right there that our evil behavior is what alienates us from God. It's what separates us from God. But look at verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you as holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So sin separates us from God. And the only way we can ever be made pure is when Jesus Christ goes to the cross and he sheds his blood and we put our faith in Jesus Christ, then God removes that sin and then we can now finally have peace in our hearts, peace with one another, and peace with God, all because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Sin is a barrier to peace And only Jesus can remove that sin so that we can have peace. I want you to see these words in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says, therefore, 
since we have been justified through faith, we have shalom, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we have peace, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus here today, you you will never know peace. You can never be a peacemaker. But if you know Jesus Christ, then you can have peace and you can become a peacemaker, which leads me to point number two. A peacemaker is someone who makes peace with one another. How many of you know uh, someone they're just difficult to get along with? Raise your hand. If you, how many of you sit next to that person? No, don't raise your hand on that. <laughs> don't raise your hand on that. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 8 9. I want you to look at these words. It says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, then he does not belong to Christ. If you're saved, God has put His Spirit inside of you, which means that wherever you go and whoever you're dealing with, I want you to write this down, you should always be reflecting Christ. You see, we get peace with God because we know Christ. And as soon as you know Christ, you have peace from within. Then you start to reflect Christ everywhere you go, which means you look like Jesus, you talk like Jesus, and you act like Jesus. I want you to write this down about the word peacemaker. It's an active word. It's an active word. It implies that you're going to initiate. Again, we're we're going from be attitudes to a do attitude. It requires intervention on your behalf. I want you to write this word down, the word risky. You gotta take, you gotta take a risk. You gotta step into this situation, try to make peace. Uh, you know, many of us think that be a peacemaker means I'm just gonna sit back and avoid conflict. That's not being a peacemaker. Well, I'm afraid if I get involved, I'm just gonna rock the boat and people are gonna get upset and, and I don't wanna cause problems. I don't, I, I wanna be a peacemaker, so I'm just gonna sit back and I'll just let whatever happens happen. That's not being a peacemaker. A peacemaker means you have to, take the initiative you're going to have to get involved in some conflict resolution you have to reach out to those who've offended you you have to reach out to those who've broken off relationships with you those who've put up walls those who cause division those who are at war with one another you could draw the conclusion that this verse is the secret to having a good marriage mm-hmm Because it means that you restore that broken relationship. You go after the lost sheep when they go astray. You help those who have fallen. You reach out to those who are involved and engaged in sin. You become a peacemaker. I want to show you this verse, Galatians 6.1. And I've explained it to you before, but it's so important if if you want to truly be a peacemaker. It says, brothers, if someone is caught in sin... You who are quote-unquote spiritual, you got your Bibles, you're taking notes, you're in church, you're the spiritual one. You who are spiritual are supposed to go to those who are in sin and restore them how? You're supposed to beat them up with your Bible? You're supposed to yell at them? You know, beat them up? Get back over here? No. You restore him, what's the, what's the word? Gently. Now, here's what we normally do, and I'm just telling you how this goes down. Usually, someone offends us, and we stand over here, and here's, what, here's our attitude. 
Well, until they come and apologize to me, I'll have nothing to do with them. They did wrong against me. That, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if someone's caught in sin, you who are quote-unquote CC, you're setting yourself up like they're wrong and you're right. That means you're the spiritual one and they're the unspiritual one, right? The Bible says that the onus of responsibility is on the spiritual person. The mature, you're the mature one, right? Yeah, because they're immature. Yeah, because if they were mature, they wouldn't have done what they did against you. Right, right, right. Okay, so the Bible says it is your responsibility to go to them. If you're going to wait for them to come to you, you know what that means? That means that you're the immature one. It means you're the, the unspiritual one. Because the spiritual is supposed to go to the unspiritual and restore. There's two people at war. Two sisters. You ever heard of two sisters fighting? <laughs> Happens all the time. You ever two sisters grow up in the same bathroom? Every day is a fight. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's, I wore that. You wore, yeah, I, I wore yours. You wore it. Put that back. You ready to put it back. I grew up with two sisters. You ever heard two brothers fighting? Two brothers? Yeah. You ever heard of a husband and wife fighting? Yeah. My, my wife told me she came to church last night. You know, she, she comes Saturday night. And uh, uh, she was sitting out in the Family Life Center. She said there was a couple there she'd never seen before. And had a child there, young young son. And I was saying, you ever seen a couple fight? And the kid goes, yes! <laughs> she said the lady looked totally embarrassed. But, but the thing is, there are two people, two sisters, two brothers, two employees, two teammates, two classmates, a husband, wife, whoever it is. If both people, if this man will just focus on God and he'll have peace with God and restore his relationship with God and know Jesus Christ, and if the wife will just serve Jesus Christ and honor Jesus Christ and make sure her relationship is right with Jesus Christ, guess what happens to all the tension in between them? It's not necessarily going to disappear, but you'll be able to work through all that. I really honestly believe the two most cantankerous people in this room right now, if you'll both serve God with all of your heart, the two of you can, it's not just that you're going to endure and put up with one another, you can actually have peace and harmony between one another. Only Jesus Christ can break down those walls. I, I want to say this, I love our church, and there's many reasons why I love our church. One, I love our diversity. I love uh, our missions outreach. I love what we do in the community. I love all the youth programs. I love the sports ministry. I love all the, the volunteers. I love the staff. But there's one thing I love about this church, and that is the peace that exists in here. There's peace in here. And I know, I know that some of you come, you came to church today, and your home is in disarray. Some of you your, your whole house is just like a war zone. And at work, it's a war zone. And the school's like a war zone. But I hope and pray that when you walk through these doors today, you feel and sense the spirit of Christ, the love of Christ, and the peace of Christ. The hallmark of the church is not the baptistry. The hallmark of the church is not communion. The hallmark of the church is love. And I believe that love is in this room here today. Number three. Write this down. Being a peacemaker is someone who leads others. You lead others to make peace with God. These are the people who share Christ. And the reason you share Christ is because you know that he's the only person who can change and transform someone's life. You know that only God can bring peace. And once you experience that peace, 
you look around and you see someone else's life who's all messed up and you have to tell them you just can't help yourself you got to share christ because christ changed your life and you want to let them know that christ can change their life as well i read to you these words in isaiah 52 verse 7 as we prepare to close how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news who proclaim what peace who bring good tidings and proclaim salvation the bible teaches us that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation that once you have been reconciled to god that god actually gives you something he gives you a task he gives you the ministry of reconciliation these are people who know christ the peacemakers are people who know christ who reflect christ and who share christ when jesus was on this earth he was constantly reaching out to others he was the ultimate peacemaker he took 12 ornery disciples and turned them into a band of brothers he spent time with sinners people that usually we would disassociate ourselves from he reached across uh, cultural barriers he reached out to Samaritans and Jews and Gentiles he invited women into his inner circle where normally he had no place he had no place usually in that day there was no place for women in public ministry you see him engaged with a woman who'd been bleeding he she reached out and touched the hem of his garment he reached out to a tax collector he was sitting up in a tree named Zacchaeus and he said Zacchaeus come down and Jesus basically invited himself over to the guy's house for dinner I, I've, I've used that trick many times uh, he reached out to a, a sinful Samaritan who was drawing water at a well he stopped to help a widow who was on the way to the cemetery to bury her only son he ministered to a blind man on the side of the road there were some children who were being pushed away he welcomed them he was always reaching out to others and then eventually he goes to the cross and there he dies and why does he die on that cross why does he shed his blood willingly caesar augustus had an army a huge army you you wouldn't have crucified him he would have called his whole army to defend him jesus had a larger army than caesar augustus jesus had ten thousand legions of angels he didn't call a single one of them why because he knew that in order for his kingdom to spread it was going to have to be through peace and so he goes and he becomes the peace offering for our sins he he did not cry out he he willingly went to the cross and he died and there he shed his blood for one reason and one reason only so that you could be here today and have peace in your heart with God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach that address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach this april the greatest story ever told returns to shepherd church in porter ranch come and witness the life death 
and resurrection of Jesus Christ brought to life with new music and new performances. This year's Passion Play Experience features four complete performances under the direction of Chip Hurd with musical direction by Maxie Anderson. Showtimes are Friday, April 8th at 7 p.m., Saturday, April 9th at 6 p.m., and two shows on Sunday, April 10th at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Bring the entire family. This is not a ticketed event, so no purchase is necessary. You won't want to miss the 2022 presentation of The Passion Play. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.